to see each one of you back for evening service. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 290. We'll sing all three verses to begin. A new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Page 290. Sing it out on that first verse. I was once a sinner, but I came hearted to receive from my Lord. This was freely given. Well, sure glad you're here uh, again tonight. Trust you had a great uh, afternoon and looking forward to uh, what God has for us tonight. And again, certainly good to have Missionary Kurt King uh, here with us, uh, missionary to Albania, and looking forward to him presenting tonight as well as uh, preaching in our evening uh, service. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight and ask God's blessing on our service. Did just want to mention, if we could, as we pray tonight, if we could uh, also lift up uh, Miss Doris uh, Clark in prayer. Got a text from Brother Gary uh, this afternoon that he got home, and uh, Miss Doris was really struggling to breathe. And uh, just had shortness of breath and too weak and had to have an ambulance come and get her. And so she is over uh, in the uh, emergency room and uh, they got to, had to, were able to put her on some oxygen and some antibiotics. And so she is stable and doing okay, but just let's pray for her as well as him uh, tonight. Brother Will Kennedy, would you pray for us, brother? 
Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Of course, trust that you got a bulletin uh, this morning. If you didn't, make sure that you do. There are quite a few things uh, coming up here in the next week. And of course, uh, myself and Brother Quinlan have already kind of organized and decided to raid the teen activity of flapjacks and flannel. Amen. And because uh, I like flannel, but I really like flapjacks. Amen. Uh, but I know they're going to have a good time in all of that. So there are quite a few uh, things, but just wanted to mention a few things coming up uh, this week. If you have kids in the uh, Faith Baptist School, I uh, just want to remind you that the Christmas program is Tuesday, December the 13th. And uh, that's at 7 o'clock at night, but the reason I mention that is because this week uh, they'll be practicing in the evening times uh, on Monday night as well as Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. And so if you can, make sure that you have your kids here uh, for that. So again, that's Monday night and Thursday night, 6 to 8 p.m. And then, of course, ladies, don't forget about the ladies' meeting this coming Tuesday night at 7 o'clock over in the Fellowship Hall. It's the ladies' meeting as well as Christmas party. And so you're asked, uh, it is a potluck, so bring something for that. And then also a gift for the gift exchange. And then there's the secret prayer sister reveal. And so I don't know how they do that. I don't know, big surprise thing and everybody, you know, whatever. So anyways, I know they'll have a good time uh, with that. And then, of course, next Sunday, our missionaries to Israel, Brother Kent, Miss Kathy Hogan will be here. And I mentioned something about that on Wednesday night. So hoping that we can certainly be a blessing to them as they've really had a struggle to get over into the country and stay uh, in the country. Man, I'm telling you, the devil has sure used this COVID stuff to his advantage, hasn't he? Uh, But uh, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. And so looking forward uh, to that and and what the Lord uh, has for us. And we have quite a few other things. I don't want to sit up here and make announcements all uh, night, but you know the things that are coming up. We'll have Brother Dave Hardy uh, and Miss Grace will be here with us uh, December the 18th, have our junior church uh, Christmas program and excited about uh, that. And then our Christmas service uh, Sunday, December the 25th, be at 1030 in the morning. Okay, Brother Eric, come on ahead tonight. Starting to page 649 now, page number 649, Mansion Over the Hilltop, we'll sing all three verses together tonight. <coughs> I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the rats and whales shine, I want a gold one that's 
to that day, aren't you? Amen. But as for the Gentry Gutierrez, would you please pray for the offering tonight? and does our uh, last uh, congregation. I just wanted to mention something to our uh, church uh, tonight. We've had quite a bit of stuff uh, going on just behind the scenes and stuff, getting ready for the Christmas uh, season and things like that, whether it be the school or the church and, and all of those things. But I wanted to mention tonight, before I forgot, one of the things that has been on our mind as a staff and uh, has been that missions house uh, over on our uh, property and, and trying to, we've, you know, get it uh, going in the right direction as far as uh, getting everything framed up and, and situated and hopefully be able to have our missionary family going to Japan, be able to have a little bit of a home base for them. And so we've been, uh, you know, working on that and doing some things on that. I know Brother Eric as well as Brother Tim have uh, been over there and, and uh, tearing out the sheetrock and, and insulation. And actually, they've just been putting the boys over there and they've been, you know, doing. And it's been great watching those boys come out covered in insulation and pointing and laughing and things like, no, it's a, I appreciate them jumping in there and helping. But the reason I bring that up tonight is to let you know that uh, I have reached out to Brother Jeff uh, Glazeman, uh, Jeff and Esther Glazeman. They are, they are sent out of uh, Temple Baptist Church in El Dorado, Kansas. Brother Ron Jones is their pastor, and their primary ministry is to go in and to be a help uh, to churches with different projects and construction and things like that. Brother Glazeman is a guy that can do just about anything, and so he and I have been communicating and things like that. And uh, they have been a blessing to other churches, uh, St. Joe, uh, Riverside Baptist Church, and Brother Bill Marshall. I know they've been a blessing to him. They were a blessing to us when we were pastoring in Cassville. They came and helped put up our new sign and done some things around our building. And so long story short, we've been in communication for quite a while. 
And uh, they, Lord willing, will be here either this week or next week and starting to help uh, over on the house uh, over there. And so if you see a uh, trailer, um, a uh, camper and, and stuff parked out over in the parking lot, that would be uh, the Glazemans. And so they are just a real blessing and just some of the sweetest people on planet Earth. And so they're going to be here and be able to help us uh, to kind of get that uh, going and framed out and, and uh, re-insulated. I know Brother Tim's going to be working on the wiring and things like that, and so hopefully, Lord willing here, this will kind of take off like a rocket and, and uh, come together, and uh, I'm just, you know, I, I told a preacher or the other day, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, my hair is going to turn gray, but as long as it turn, don't turn loose, I'm all right, amen, and, uh, but I, it's just a lot of stress and a lot of things going on. Uh, all at the same time, uh, but just pray uh, for that and, and pray for the Glazemans, and so they're going to be here. But I just wanted to mention that uh, to let you know those things, that they're going to be helping out with that. We're going to try to love on them and take care of them while they're here. Uh, there may be some times where we ask for some men to help out in the evening times and, and help us with some things, and so if men are able to do that, that'd be a blessing. There also may be times where we ask you to help and feed the Glazemans and take care of them, and so if you're able to do that, uh, we would sure appreciate that, but I, they are a blessing, and uh, Lord willing, you'll get to meet uh, them and, and stuff, but I'm, I'm excited about what the Lord has for us, amen. All right, I guess I'm the only one, all right, come on ahead. Amen. Let's all stand for our last song, please. Turn to page 146. Page 146, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. We'll sing all verses together tonight. Page 146, lift it up on that first verse. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep, the wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Amen. You may be seated. Wonderful singing tonight. Just before the message, Brother Tim's going to come and sing tonight.
proper place No regal palace To receive a royal birth God's gift to us Wrapped in a blanket Would be his way to reach the earth a bed of straw became a cradle embracing God in human form one would expect more than a stable but where else would a lamb be born? But where else would a lamb be born? No stately house and no noble mansion where he would reign in majesty the path he chose led to an altar where he would give his life for me a bed of straw became a cradle Embracing God in human form One would expect more than a stable But where else would a lamb be born? But where else would a lamb be great I am, the sacrificial lamb who takes away the sins of the world. A bed of straw became a cradle embracing God in human form one would expect more than a stable but where else would a lamb be born but where else would a lamb song right there amen good stuff well it's good to have missionary kirk king uh here with us uh today and this morning was a blessing i'm telling you i know well you know preacher it's christmas time no we need to be challenged on stuff 
and giving the gospel. Man, what a, what a time of the year where we can give the gospel and, and make Christ the center of everything and, and just a real blessing. So appreciate him challenging us uh, this morning and looking forward uh, tonight. But, but before he comes, I wanted to just present this to Faith Baptist Church tonight, but I'd like to see us take on uh, the King family and, and missionaries to Albania. Man, what a part of the part of the, the, the earth and part of the world where you and I uh, need to see the gospel going. Amen. And so uh, just by lifting up hands, how many would be willing to take them on uh, for financial support tonight? Would you just lift up with your hand and give out with a hearty amen? And I believe it's just unanimous through here tonight. So we're going to take them on at, at 75 a month, and uh, we'll start that uh, in January. But just appreciate him uh, being here and, and being on furlough for a little time. And I know that he's getting ready to head back here for just a quick uh, trip, uh, but sure thankful for how the Lord has been using them over there and looking forward to being able to, to see you, uh, be able to, uh, us to see some of that uh, tonight. So, Brother King, you come ahead tonight, brother. So. Well, what a blessing for a, a missionary to get taken on and while he's still at the church. That's a blessing. I still could blow it on this sermon right now. And, okay, I didn't hear that part. But um, I, I apologize again for my voice. Um, you know, it's all been going around, I guess, and, and we try, my wife is an RN, and we, you know, but we avoid the um, antibiotics, we try to, anyway, sometimes we have to, but, and, uh, but we loaded up on garlic and echinacea and golden seal, and, th- and I quit taking garlic Friday because I didn't want to, but if you smelled that on me and reeked on, you know, I'm sorry that it may still be in my pores right now. We just try to fight things naturally. Um, my wife, we are actually on the mend. My wife and I both were way low this week, but she is doing well. I spoke with her this afternoon. She had a good service, good time. She saw the grandbaby. She said, I didn't hold the grand, great-grandbaby because I'm still kind of got this thing. But she said, before I return, I'm going to be holding the great-grandbaby. So... Albania, does anybody know, who can tell me before maybe you came in here, where the country of Albania is? There's a few hands, okay. Um, and that's typical of most churches because uh, when the Lord called us to the mission field, Bonnie and I were uh, active in the church and uh, felt called of the Lord. And we said, well, pastor, where do we go? And he said, just keep doing what you're doing in the church. We were in the bus ministry working with young people preaching in prisons, doing things uh, in the church. And that's how God calls busy people, I, I think. That's one of the principles. And, and he said, just keep doing what you're doing and God will show you. And uh, we had a man come through and he started talking about Albania. He wasn't a missionary, but he was a man that worked with orphanages. And he talked about the need of orphanages in Albania. But then he said, and Albania needs missionaries. And both my wife and I, you know, are... are um, I want to say our ears were perked up, but that's kind of what happened. Our, like a dog. We have a little dog. His ears perk up when something catches his attention. And, and so uh, we thought, Albania, this could be the place. And then we both said, where is Albania? And first thing I thought, well, it's near Congo in Africa, you know, and they live in mud huts and things like that. But we were willing to go wherever. But Albania is a country that is just north of Greece, right off the boot heel of Italy, uh, Albania has a, an interesting history, and I encourage you to go look it up uh, online, wherever you want to look it up at. 
But in 1945, after World War I, a man named Enver Hoxha took over this country and it became a very hard, hardline communistic country, much like I would say uh, North Korea would be nowadays. Much persecution. If you were educated outside of Albania or, or had money or anything, that was taken away. You were put in prison and they became a very oppressed people. They were, because of 500 years of Ottoman occupation, that the country used to be mainly Muslim. Well, and so they carried that tradition on up till uh, communism took over. And in fact, in 1967, the dictator outlawed all religion. The main religion, 70% Muslim, 20% Greek Orthodox, 10% Catholic. And so that was all just, you weren't allowed to worship anything. You were you worship the state or you worship the dictator in Verhocha. Well, in 1991, when that country fell, like all the other uh, um, iron, what do you call it? Anyway, the country like Russia and Romania and Yugoslavia, when they were all falling, Albania also fell during that time. And uh, we got there first in 1995. But what we found was not a hardline Muslim trying to reach Muslims, but uh, a people that were very, very open to the gospel. Um, being um, that Enver Hoxha had outlawed all religion, they didn't know what their religion was. So they said, well, Grandpa was a Muslim, so I guess I'm a Muslim. But they only knew that by name. Orthodox the same way, Catholics the same way. Therefore, they were very reachable. In those first uh, two years that we were there, we saw a lot of young people saved and, and baptized, and a church began... And then in 1997, they had a civil war, which was terrible because we were really doing well. And it just um, it, it started in our city and our church uh, had to depart. The, the, even the girls could not go out on the streets for a couple of years because their gangs were running. They broke into the military bases. They had guns, hand grenades and everything. I got some stories about that. And, uh, but then uh, in 1998, we were able to go back because we had to leave the country during that time. But we could not go to our city of Valora, where we are now, because it was still too dangerous. Went back to the country, stayed till 2001. After that, we, we weren't seeing a lot of progress during that time. And um, I took the associate pastor at our church, and I there. But the Lord kept Albania on my heart all of these years. And in 2014, we went back to this city in Valora, hopefully to reestablish this work in Valor. And the Lord has been doing that. You're going to see a lot of that, what the Lord has been doing in the city of Valora in Albania uh, in the, in the uh, presentation. Um, so a couple of things you'll notice in this is that, and now a lot of you may feel called to Albania after I say this, but they drink a lot of coffee. If you want to do any business in Albania, you want to have a church men's meeting, you go drink coffee. You want to sell a car, you want to finalize a deal, you drink coffee. You want to buy a house, you want to talk about anything, you say, let's go drink coffee. Now, I don't drink American coffee. I don't know, don't, see, I might lose support right there. I know that I might, you might want to reconsider. But I love the coffee in, in Albania. And I don't know what the difference is. It's smoother, it's richer, I don't know. But anything you do, and you, you're going to see that a lot in this, in this video. And another thing is, uh, like I said this morning, I, I know I look, you know, 30s, early 40s like that. But my wife and I are not. We're in our 60s. And um, we could use help. 
we need another young couple over working with us. And I put that plea out in every church I go to that we, and, and I'm sure every missionary could say, the missionaries to Japan, you could say per capita, you need a lot of missionaries over there in Japan. And, and that's true, and it's true throughout the world. But we may not be there. Who knows? We're, I told Bonnie, we're going to go, this time we're going to stay at least five years, six years if we can. Stay as long as we can, and then maybe come back later to report. We can see our grandchildren through FaceTime or computer. But, uh, but there's a lot of work to do. If God ever prompts to your heart, it's an open invitation for young men that if they want to come over and, and spend some time over there. For young couples, we have a guest place. We have an extra bedroom in our apartment. Uh, the plea is out there. We need, we need help there. And uh, for a young person, it's ideal. So go with me tonight on a trip to Albania. You'll notice that I, I didn't narrate a lot, but I want the, the video just to speak for itself.
Hello. Hello. See Uh, my name is Christian and I am from Vlora in Albania, this beautiful city. Uh, I got saved five years ago when I first met missionaries Kirk and Bunny King. Before that, I considered myself a believer. I was originally an Orthodox and I thought that I was a very good believer. However, uh, after I met them, they showed me the way uh, how to get saved um, and the truth. I decided to repent uh, and put trust in Jesus' name. Um, I'm thankful for that and uh, after that I was able to witness the family and other people. Uh, I'm thankful um, that God provided for them to be able to come to Albania, to help Albania and Albanian people, showing them uh, the gospel and showing them the way how to repent uh, and put trust in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. Christian is now living in England. The uh, Albanians are a very, um, how do I say it, transitional? That's not my word that I'm looking for. When you're trying to learn other languages and you speak in other languages all the time, you forget your original language, you forget English. But they are very, they move around a lot. They're nomadic in a sense. But uh, Albania um, is... The wages are very low, and uh, and the cost of living isn't that bad, but they it's hard for them to even survive there. So many, many of Albanians have moved outside of Albania to Italy, Germany, England, and um, Albania has actually lost population. It was 3.2 million. It's down to nearly 2.8 million because of all the young men and people leaving the country. And, and uh, Chris John now lives in England. We have another good believer, young man that lives in Italy and others throughout uh, Europe. And that's a bummer when you're trying to build a church and, and they, they, uh, they feel like they need to go to other places. So uh, one thing I didn't mention, and I normally allow my wife to give a testimony, is a ministry. You know, our job, our goal is to build churches, is to plant churches over there. That's my main function, my main drive. I want to see that church planted in Valora. Then I have a heart for another city. It's called Kuchova. I want to go there and I want to start a church there. And I want to, my saying is I want to do all I can till I can't. And I want to keep going. But in the meantime, when we try to uh, plant these churches, um, God opens doors to do other types of ministry. And God opened the door for my wife through some circumstances to be able to go talk to some girls at, uh, at a girl's home in our city. This, this home is for uh, the girls that have been rescued from trafficking and uh, maybe abuse in their family. And they, they are put in this home, sweet, 
girls you wouldn't think they you would think they would be bitter you would think they'd be hard but Bonnie was able to go in there and minister to many of them and they got saved some of them you you saw in the picture they were baptized and uh, many have moved on to other cities in Albania once once they get uh, everything gets okay they're protected they can go back to their families many of them were stolen yeah I, I could make you weep at telling you stories behind these girls. But praise God, even though they had this tragic thing in their life, many got saved, which was a blessing, and we were able to have a part in that. And that's what is on our hearts to see more churches throughout Albania because these girls leave. Uh, by the way, we were able to start bringing them to church and ministering. Bonnie has Bible studies with them. But once they go home, there's no churches in their villages or their cities. Um, and so that's a burden on our heart. We want to see churches planted throughout Albania. And so um, it's a blessing for her to be able to share that and, and have a part in that, that meeting and uh, that ministry. And now you have a part in that. And uh, so pray for us. Pray, I'm, I'm serious. Is that as you support missionaries and they lead people to Christ and they do the work of the Lord and they established churches it's like we're all partners in this and you and and someday i don't know uh how god's going to do it but he's god and 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 but i i think it's scripturally sound to say that we all reap in the rewards of seeing souls saved when we're working like this together and uh, i give to missions i give to missions into my church and the missionaries that we support as they do god's work I personally have a part in that. So uh, be involved. Be involved somehow in missions. I want to encourage you to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do this now, but each page here is like 20 minutes. So I have 20, 40, 60. So, uh, but what did they say one time? My sermons are like baloney. You can cut it off at either end. And I hope it's not still baloney, but it's the, you know, the principle. It's still a sermon. Uh, I hope it's not baloney. Look in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's just, I, I, I won't keep you long, but let's look at something that I, I mentioned this phrase as much as uh, a lot of other phrases in our church in Albania when I preach. 2 Corinthians, I better look it up myself because it's not printed on here. 2 Corinthians 4.18. And when you find it, let's stand to our feet. We're just going to read one verse. Maybe many of you have it memorized. but And it says, While we look at not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, we ask you to bless the preaching of your word tonight. And, and Lord, um, spark our hearts, Lord. Uh, give a little help in our hearts to see things that we need to see um, in the spiritual realm. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. This is... Um, I, I debated on, on preaching this today. I was looking at some of my other sermons I, I have with me, but uh, this is what I, I thought all week that I should preach for Sunday night. And, 
And I thought, well, it kind of overlaps a little bit Sunday morning, but I don't think we can uh, be told too much that there's lost people out there and we need to tell them about Christ. That we need, we need to see them not as uh, just nothing, but we need to see them as a soul that needs Jesus Christ. Our seeing for us is a blessing. Amen? I, I know uh, people that are blind. Uh, a, a friend of mine is, uh, is blind. He was, uh, when he was a young man, about 21, he used a split rim. He was airing up a split rim tire. It, guys, you probably know what happens if you air up split rim tires uh, without a cage. They can blow up on you, and that's what happened. It blew up on him, messed his face up, blinded him. Now they put those split rim tires in a cage, and you got to get back, and they kind of then you put the air in them. If they blow up, they're inside of the cage. But uh, he can't see. But he 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 takes it real well. He's he's. He told me one time he walked into Lambert's. Everybody, anybody been to Lambert's where the home of the throw rolls? And he's got these eyes that he puts in because his eyes are gone, but they're, I've never seen him do it, but he, uh, they're like marbles and he puts them in and it looks like real eyes. And if you're talking to him, you forget he's even blind. But he said he walked into Lambert's with some people one time and they hit him in the head with a roll. And, and he, he laughed about it. He said, I never saw it coming. And, uh, but, but our eyes are so um, important for us. Even Charles Darwin said, he's a founder of the evolutionary theory. Uh, you know, you don't quote Char- Charles Darwin much from a Baptist pulpit, but he did say this. He said that the eye could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. If one, the eye is so complicated that if one little part was missing or something happened in the, in the so-called evolutionary process, he said, I don't think it could ever happen that way. But that didn't make him say the evolutionary uh, theory is wrong. But he said, I, you know, I question it when it comes to concerning the eye. We introduced uh, a game to the Albanians called, I'm going to say it in Albanian, Vindos Bishti Nagomar. Gomar is donkey in Albania. Uh, put the tail, pin the tail on the donkey. And um, I thought it was pretty funny, Gomar, because I thought of Gomer. But Gomar is, is a donkey in Albania. And, and they loved it. They, you know, you're blinded and you're trying to put the tail on the donkey. Uh, and, and it's very fun for them. But you know, the world doesn't see things as eternal. But the world, uh, people in the world have a temporal viewpoint. Every, their focus is on the here and now, and, and the afterlife is something that happens someday. I, I like the, uh, the quote that someone used one time, and I have used this before. They said, uh, talking to a young man, well, young man, what are you going to do after high school? Well, I'm going to go to college. Really? What are you going to be? I'm going to be a um, doctor. Okay, good. And then what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to set up a practice. Then what? I'm going to get married. Then what? I'm going to have kids. Then what? And then, it's, then I'm going to retire. Okay, and then what? Well, yeah. Because then what continues? Uh, this life is, goes on forever. We're just borrowing this body. And uh, I happen to get one, Pastor West, that has no hair. Me and, me and brother um, Whitley, in the, we... we 
have done that, my entire turned gray and then it turned loose. So you, so you might be facing that one. But people of this world, you know, they're trying to acquire wealth. They have, they're trying to acquire possessions, be influential, make important career accomplishments. But you know what? I don't think, now I'm pretty sure about this, but I don't think once we get to heaven that God's going to say, man, you were a good football player. You made that touchdown. I can't believe how you spun around there and made that touchdown. You were a great baseball player. You, were, you did so well, hunter. You were a great hunter. God's not going to say that. For, for the lost people, they have no hope. And, and they see things as temporal. And it really bothers me a lot of times. And I've, I have cousins that are lost. Uh, they're Catholics and And I watch their Facebook posts many times, and I see other people say this. And and someone dies, and they say, well, he's in a better place. Is he? I I hope he is. Well, he's got no more suffering. I I hope he has no more suffering. You and I know what we're talking about, because we know beyond that. But they can only hope that whatever's out there beyond death is better than here. But that's because they don't understand salvation. The God of this world has blinded the eyes of those that they can't receive the gospel. And we have to share with them the gospel. We have to have uh, our eyes, spiritual eyes, that we can see people in need. You know, we we can see many times physical needs. I had an old farmhouse. Uh, I believe, Brother Matt, you've been out there, old farmhouse. And it had many needs. And then we moved to another house. Well, found out it has many needs. And you can always see those needs. When the Humane Society wants, to, uh, wants you to adopt a dog or a cat, do they show you that dog playing around and jumping around? No, they show you this dog that's real sad. My daughter, Alyssa, says, I can't watch those. I can't watch those commercials like that because it's sad dogs. Yeah, because they want to catch your eye. That your eye affects your heart. In Albania, we have many beggars. And uh, many times, not so much in our city, but many times they'll sit on the corners with a defect. Maybe their leg is cut off or their child is deformed or something. And they'll, they'll beg for, uh, for money or for food. And you try to help them. You try to do the best you can. But their idea is that you're going to see me and you're going to help my need. But what we have to do is see beyond the, the physical and see to the spiritual needs that God has in people. We're a watchman. We're, we're people that, that are to watch for other souls and at least give them the gospel. On the way here um, yesterday, I got here about dark, but on the way, I saw about uh, a little over 10 deer on the way here, live deer, probably 10 more that were dead alongside the highway, but you say, uh, how did you see those deer? Or why did you see those deer? Because I was looking for them. I'd drive like this. My wife says, what are you looking for? I, Nothing. Just, oh, there's a deer over there. You know? And see, I didn't see them because you weren't looking for them. We have to have a plan to look for people. When I, I, uh, I was in a motel someplace recently whenever the sixth game of the World Series was playing. I haven't watched baseball in years. I haven't seen a football, a whole football game in a long time. But I, I turned on the TV and there it was, the sixth game of the World Series when Houston beat 
uh, Philadelphia. And uh, the thing that caught my attention was not the, the game, although it was a good game, but all of the people in that stadium, all of those thousands of people, and you think, my goodness, how many of those people are saved? How many of those people? Um, and, and then I, got, I watched part of the USA playing Iran. And uh, now those soccer fans, they're really radical. I mean, we'll cheer and do things, but they'll have cheering going on, you know, the whole time. I, I think it's because soccer's so boring, they need something to do up there. But uh, it's, um, all they do in Albania is play soccer. Uh, that's it. The kids, if they don't have a ball, they'll, they'll make up one. They'll kick a can. They'll do whatever they can. The guys in the church asked me to go play soccer. This, this doesn't go against my time here. This is a side story. But, um, and, and I said, okay. And they have this, this area that's a little bigger maybe than this church, maybe half a soccer field, and, and it's covered so you can't kick the ball out, and it's got the sides on it. And it's fun, actually. It, playing it is, is funner. But I really stink at it. I mean, all, all I'm thinking is football. I'll tackle you. You know, I can do that. I can clothesline you if you're going to mess with me. And, and um, you know, I had a couple of times where I could have made a good pass and the ball goes like over here and they're all looking at me. Finally, they say, get in the goalie. You know, because you, what are you going to do? You know, you can't hurt us in the goalie at least. And, and I don't like the goalie. This is how I goalie. Because they don't cut you. They'll be right here. They don't cut you any slack. It, the ball's coming 100 miles an hour and I'm, I'm ducking. And, and so, but anyway, I don't know how I... I got off over there, but uh, now I've got to find my place back. Jesus saw the multitudes, and he had compassion. Oh, yeah, I know where I was. And uh, do we see people as people in need? We have to do that, as, as I said this morning. We can't get anyone out of hell. Once they die, it's too late. One of my greatest fears, and I mean this with all my heart, is that I would be successful in things that don't matter for the cause of Christ. I used to love to play fast pitch softball. Back in the day, I was a pitcher and we had a good team. And, and I even, and I hate to confess this to you, this has been in the 80s, that a couple of times I skipped church on Sunday because we had the big tournament. Don't, don't condemn me, please. And because uh, we had a tournament. And uh, you know what? We won uh, several of those tournaments. But I'm not going to be rewarded in heaven for that. In fact, that's going to go against me in heaven someday. Who knows what God could have done had I been more responsible during that time. My family, you know, they knew dad was gone. They knew dad skipped church. They were in church, and dad skipped church at that time. And uh, uh, anyway, 392 times the Bible talks about forever. There went 40 minutes right there. That's two pages. But let's look at something at the very last before we close tonight. Let's look in Luke 5, 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. And let's drive the point home about what we need to see and, and, and our, our mission here in this life. Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, a very familiar time in the life of Christ. And it says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there was Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come 
out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought a bed, in a bed, a man, which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went into the housetop and let him down through the tilings with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he said this, saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins be forgiven of thee. First of all, we see that these men, this man had a friend, this man in need. He had some friends that cared about him. And stay with me, I'll just I'll finish this real quick. Do we care about our friends? Do we care about people? These, these guys cared about this young man, and they were, wanted to do something about it. I, a friend of mine, he, he passed away uh, just not too long ago and had an accident and uh, passed away. But he said he stopped over on the highway one time on I-44. This lady was broken down. He, he thought, I'm going to help her. And so he pulled in behind her, got out. Now, he's a big, big guy. And he started walking toward him. The lady started screaming and honking her horn. Ah! Like he was coming. He was just going to help. So he got back in his car. He thought, she needs help. So he got out again. She did the same thing. Started screaming and honking the horn. So he said, well, some people just can't be helped. And, and he was trying to help. And sometimes your friends and those you try to witness to, they just, they reject it. What do we do? We go, to, we go find somebody else. We go on to, to somebody that wants, wants to help. And, and, but they cared about their friend. Number two, they, they knew they could not heal him. We can't, we can't uh, uh, in ourselves save anybody, but we want to get him to the one who can. Amen. If baptism would have healed that man, they'd have taken him down to the river. Amen. If, if money would have helped heal that guy, they would have uh, got a collection going and, and got money. If, um, if going into church would have healed that man, they would have brought him into the church, whatever they could do, but they knew they could not heal him. They knew that he had no hope without Jesus, that, that he was condemned. They couldn't buy their way. We can't save ourselves. But he needed someone to get him to Jesus. So they had compassion. How many here have had someone help get them to Jesus? I have. Missionaries, bus workers. I loved working with the buses. We've done that much of our lives. Preachers, Sunday school teachers. The Ethiopian eunuch had Philip help lead him to Jesus. And these men made it their job to get this man to Christ. Are we making it our job? Are we keeping it on our front burner? They could not get to Jesus because of all the people. So they had to coordinate uh, an attack plan. Uh, many times our pride, many times being scared, not knowing what to say. And, and a lot of times leading somebody to Christ the first time is the hardest. I remember the first time um, I was with another man, but, but we persisted and thought we're just at least going to present the gospel. And a guy got saved and that was a blessing. You know, I've watched many people come and go uh, in, in, in churches and in Albania and things, but it's so good to see when somebody is saved and you lead them to the Lord. We have a man, uh, the young man you saw, he's taller than me, a uh, good young man got saved uh, about a year and a half ago. And guess where he got saved? Drinking coffee. <laughs> I've got to lead several to the Lord by drinking coffee with him. And uh, I was discipling him using the... Um, Robert Sargent, the ABCs, and using those, he made it through the whole book. 
And uh, he said, Pastor, I just feel like God wants me to do more. And I said, well, you know, we're just keep doing the discipleship and, and God's going to show you. And he kept saying, I, I feel like God wants me to preach and be a missionary, be, be doing something. I said, is that what God's calling you to do? He said, yeah, my heart is just there. I said, okay, then we're, we finished this discipleship. And then we started a, an institute, a, a one person institute in, my, in our home. You saw the video. Bonnie helps teach him English and typing. And I'm teaching him doctrine and, uh, and soul winning and things like that. We're, we're, and it, he's eating it up. It's like a sponge. And I'm pouring myself into him. He's, he's going to be 22 this month. And so we, we just pray for more men, just like Arnold. His name's Arnoldi. And then sometimes it takes unconventional methods to get people to Christ, just as these men did. We, as a young man, when we were soul winning uh, often on Saturdays, we would come up with different plans to tell people about Christ. And I remember we'd go to ball games, and um, I'd tell this other guy, I'd say, hey, I'm going to go give that guy over there in the truck a track. He's sitting there watching the ball game. And then you come in behind him, and you start talking to him about that track. So I would do that, and he would go in behind and say, yeah, what are you reading there? Oh, just, I don't know, a guy gave that to me. I said, oh, that's about Christ. Do you know Christ as your Savior? You know, and he'd, we'd, we'd use all kinds of methods. We would go to parties and, where there's drinking and drugs going on and try to tell people about Christ in the bars, whatever it took to get the gospel to people. And they tore a hole in the roof just to get the gospel to people. We have to sometimes come out of our comfort zone and do what we need to do to get the uh, gospel to people. One of our problems is that we care too much or we have too much and sometimes care too little. We're not to be fruit trees. Oh, I'm getting these all backwards. We are to be fruit trees, not shade trees. I like those quotes. How far will you go to bring others to Christ? But at the same time, do you see the need? Do you see the need? Seeing beyond the temporal and into the eternal. Let's all stand to our feet tonight. Two messages today.